Blog Talk Radio. It's time to go to work. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up on a two-hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level. Both with the topics, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. The sports medicine, the sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What up? What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts. I'm the Bull Dev Mack, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brother from another. Got B. Austin in the building. NFL Week 2 is behind us. Week 3 is here. And it, it, it was an overall interesting week in the world of sports. So me and B are going to talk our ish. So sit back, relax, and bust it up again with your Akis in the War Room. The greatest man cave in the history of man caves. Episode 645 starts now. You know what you can do? You can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 20, 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. This Tonight's episode is going to be a pretty short one. Brothers got things to do. Um, but y'all know what that number is. That number is 323-410-0012. What up, fam? What's going on with you? Thank you to be here. Thank you to be here, you know. Um, man, excited that uh, the NFL has returned, man. I'm, right, I'm not right. going to lie. Right. We, we two and a half weeks deep now, so, you know, we we really got some stuff that we could talk about for the next few weeks because things – you know, it's still early, but things are starting to at least get in formation to shape them themselves out. So we'll kind of see, mm-hmm. you know, we know who's off to a great start. We know who's not. Um, but, yeah, like I said, you know, this this will be a short one tonight, so we're going to get right to it. So before we get started, before we wrap the Fred Purdue for a good five minutes about college football, we got to remind you that whether you're with us live or not, Anytime on demand, you can still check out archive episodes of our show, The War Room, and all of the partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can either do that on our website at warroomsports.com, where you can find us and all of our partner shows on any of the major podcast listening platforms. So if you have a favorite place that you go for all your podcasts, hit us up in the search box, War Room Sports, and all of your favorite shows from the network will be there. There's never an excuse to miss an episode. So make sure you don't. You can check out The War Room. You can check out Tissue and the Tape if you're a hip-hop head. You can check out The Broad Street Line and Superstars if you're into Philly sports. You can check out John Appetite if you're a foodie. You can check out On the Couch with the Wilsons if you like movies and TV. And you can check out After Further Review with the Mayor if you just want to get, you know, your taste of overall sports talk just like you do here in The War Room. But The War Room, you know, we've, we've branched out. You know, we're sports talk, entertainment, life you know, whatever we feel like at any given moment. So after further review of the mayor is a little more strictly, exclusively sports talk. So check that out. All right, so let's get into these hot topics, and let's get into this college football talk with Fred real quick. Uh, hot topics are brought to you by my bookie, War Room Family. It is time for you to make some money sports betting at my bookie. 
you still haven't checked out my bookies and it's time to stop wasting your, your, your time and your money elsewhere, place a bet. Lay down some bread on all the biggest games in sports, these NFL games, by joining us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. There's no excuses when you win. You get your money. You get it fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after Jalen Hurts actually looks like an NFL quarterback and marches the Birds' offense down the field for an open and drive TD. So join now, and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get your bread. That's all there is to it. All right, so... Um, before we bring Fred on, because this is relevant to what we're going to talk about with Fred, I'm going to start you guys off with our quote of the week. And our quote of the week, um, I hope Tobias is, is, is tuned in. I don't know if he's tuned in yet. Um, but the quote of the week is, I think Georgia has replaced Alabama as college football's premier program. And, program. and that quote is from one Paul Feinbein. And Right now, we're going to go to uh, Fred and see what he thinks about that. Fred, what's going on, good brother? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Chilling, chilling. How are you? How are you? I'm good until I hear stupid comments like that. Oh, my God. Ah. What in the world? So so I take it you don't don't agree with Paul Feinbaum. You don't think that Georgia is now the premier preeminent program in college football. What's your thoughts on that? When it takes you 41 years to win a national title before, since uh, the, the other guys won what, eight? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm counting the before saving, eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. There's um. There, for me, I, I get it. I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to make some a controversial statement. You're trying to make people talk. But the re and. and I like. I really like what Kirby Smart is doing at Georgia. They look mm-hmm. like and they play like Alabama when Nick Saban first got there. They run the ball. They play great defense. They have a game manager quarterback who can make plays, get the ball to playmakers, in which they have a lot of. They're very physical, fast on defense. They put a lot of guys into the, into the NFL from the defensive side of the ball. They even put a couple guys on from the offensive side of the ball. And they're running back. And tight ends are, well, they're running backs, really, are the focus of the offense. I get all of that. But until you get six national titles, until you completely dominate the entire sport to the point where every single team in college football is doing something, whether it's Auburn with Cam Newton and Texas A&M with uh, Johnny Manziel and dual-threat quarterback to changing rules because of RPOs, to changing, having it where teams are running four two five defense. I'm gonna hey, act like I didn't hear on, that because he's going he's going to Georgia Tech or somewhere anyway. So anyway, um, yeah. So uh, and we'll, that, no, that see, see I feel you though. But this is what this is what we do in sports. Everything everything is is premature. You know, everything is whatever's happening right now. This is what it is. So. Georgia looks kind of dominant now, maybe in the past two years or so. So now we want to crown them already, but they haven't put in that work to earn, you know, that title that people are already trying to take away from Oliver. Can I be very honest? We've seen it in boxing. We've seen some dudes in boxing crown themselves. We've seen, like, Adrian Broner 
try to be Floyd Mayweather but didn't put in half the work or half the time as Floyd Mayweather did. Um, shoot, we're seeing it in the NFL right now. You know, Eagles fans are going crazy. Jalen Hurts has one game where he looks like a professional quarterback. And I'm not dissing because I'm rooting for him, and I'm, I'm happy that he looked the way he looked. But you already got people like, he's the guy. Y'all need to apologize for all the stuff he said to him. Uh, he, he, you know, he's a – He's an MVP candidate. He's a future Hall of Famer. So this is what we do in sports, man. We jump the gun. <laughs> it's it's per- prisoner of the moment. So, yeah, I agree. And, and I like what George is doing, but we had whispers of this with Clemson a few years ago and, and how that worked out with Clemson. I'll say this about Georgia. So let, to be very, very honest, Georgia is, is, is two receivers – they are two receivers uh, getting injured away from not actually not being the national champion. I mean, they didn't actually win the SEC title, and they still got in because we have SEC bias. But let's be real, Alabama destroyed them in the, um, in the SEC title game. And if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt, uh, the, the Lions draft first-round pick, if he doesn't get hurt, they may not win that game either because they had no one that could cover them. So before we're crowning them, and, and I mean, if Paul Fimes to take a to take a quote from from Denny Green, the late Denny Green, you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But I'm not ready <laughs> to do it. I'm not, I'm not ready to do it. Yeah, because you know why? Like in a, in in a year or two, when Alabama's still doing what they do, and Georgia falls off a little bit, we're gonna be screaming the other half of that. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, exactly. Um, exactly. All right. So I I got a question for you about all of this conference conference expansion, you know, that's going on. What do you think this is doing to college football? I think with first off college expansion, this 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 conference realignment thing is it's destroying traditions and rivalries. That's what right. college football is. College football. I was, I was about to say college football is one of those sports that is big on. But like you said, traditions and rivalries. Like you have, you know, baseball with with a, with a lot of old traditions and a lot of old rules and unwritten rules. And but college football, you know, to a higher college extent, college football like, is is literally high school football on steroids. It's literally that's literally what it is. Great, but when you start moving teams around for the sake of money, USC to the Big Ten, that doesn't even make sense when you say it out loud. Texas to the SEC, okay, I can – same, at least same reason. Oklahoma to the SEC, eh, uh, I don't know. But when you're moving these teams around and for the sake of money and the sake of growing this playoff, which we've gotten 12 teams, at some point it destroys natural rivalries. I agree with Fred, man. USC to the Big Ten is the craziest sound. shit I think right. I've ever heard. Like, it just sounds ridiculous. That, that sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> it does. It's it does. Ridiculous. I mean, and for me, like, part where, where I'm going with this is I, there is nowhere on this planet that Texas and Texas A&M should never play each other. Notre Dame, uh, Michigan, they should always be playing each other. Uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will no longer play each other uh, in their yearly uh, rivalry game called we call Bedlam. They're not playing each other anymore once Oklahoma goes to the SEC. It makes no sense, and it shouldn't happen. That is a tradition. That, and for me, when you see rivalries, 
it brings money to your city. Most but is that though, Fred, is that one of those things that you think they might try to do? Like even though these teams are moving conferences, they might try to keep some of those traditional games, especially like regional ones, like Oklahoma, Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, Michigan, Michigan course, State. I don't think like, so. Yeah. I don't think so because if if Oklahoma is willing to cut that rivalry, it's not the SEC saying they can. It's Oklahoma saying they're they're done with it. And okay. you're cutting out your entire state because typically with re- the, the game on the field determines years down the road the recruiting that actually brings, which is the lifeblood of the sport, if Oklahoma's consistently winning, which they have been winning that rivalry, they're, they've won 90. They, their record against Oklahoma State is 90, 19, and 7. So you've dominated that rivalry, which means it shows because Oklahoma's been the dominant, one of the more dominant teams in, in, the, in the sport. But every now and then Oklahoma State comes around and wins a game, and it, but it doesn't really affect recruiting. You know, you find guys – Oklahoma isn't getting everybody. They're not getting the Des Bryants of the world. They're not getting uh, the James Washingtons of the world. And, right. and, vice, and uh, James Blackman also receivers. So you're not getting everybody. But you're you're getting winning is making sure that that team stays down. Let's just be honest about it. I mean, I've seen that I've seen it myself in my, in my rivalry that I see every year, Florida State and Miami. Those right. those that rivalry determines so many national championships over the over the last what three or four decades. So you need <clears throat> that to keep the sport going. Otherwise, what are we doing? It's just the NFL of minor league NFL. Right. Well, you know. Which you know, now I, I think I think the powers that be starting to care less now because they're like, oh, they done beat us to finding a way to get some money for some of these kids. But, all right, let's just make our money grab even bigger than it always was. But last week we talked about you know a firing, another shoe drop this week. Mm-hmm. Herm Edwards finds himself uh, <laughs> chopped. He was on on the chopping block. He finds he finds himself chopped, and there's probably some more um, firings to come. Uh, thoughts on that? Because Herb Herm looked like he got that. He looked like he got that talk right in the end zone after the game. Like, yeah. I don't know if he made it to the locker room before they said that's enough. <laughs> you know, I, I've seen. I mean, I've seen some firings. I've heard about some firings. I mean, Lane Kiffin got fired on the tarmac. I mean, that's just bad. But. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, I don't think Herm, I don't think Herm was, made it to the tarmac. <laughs> yeah, Herm was in the end zone. That was a home game, and that's yeah. Like, come on, over. And, and you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? So the athletic director Ray Anderson was his former agent. So you see where the the connection is, right? But years ago, this was all in the in the making because for me, I never saw him as a college coach. I think maybe that one might have been one of those. I'm your former agent. I'm gonna take care of my guy. And here you want to get back into coaching. Here's how you do it. Cool. But back during the COVID year, I mean, that seems like so long ago, but it was only two years ago, they were bringing kids on campus, and you're having, like, 300-pound linemen just walking around with, with school gear on, talking to coaches over FaceTime when they're not even supposed to be there. So you have major recruiting violations. Not On, on top of that, you're losing. And I think the straw that broke the camel's back in this one was, you lost to Eastern Michigan. Now, understand, East, not Michigan, not the Wolverines, not Central Michigan, but not Michigan Eastern State. Michigan, not Michigan State. You lost to 
Eastern Michigan. They are terrible. Like you, they are, like losing to an HBCU conference. I know, right? <laughs> I know. It would be like them losing to Jackson State, right? Yeah, I know. Um, but, you know, uh, <laughs> shot fired. Anyway, um, but, yeah, I mean, it, you can't lose games like that. And for me, when I look at Herm Edwards, I said, I haven't seen anybody that come, that really came out of there. That they're just winning. They're putting out. They're not putting anybody in the draft. So you're not even. You're not winning. You're not putting anybody in the draft. You have tons of recruiting violations. And not only that, when you had an opportunity, when your in-state rival, the Arizona Wildcats, were down and out, and they they were just terrible after Kevin Sumlin ran that program in the ground, you let that team come back after dead fish kind of turned some things around there. And so now you're the, you're the other team in the state now. So now what do you have to hang your hat on? And instead of Ray Anderson, I think Ray Anderson is probably on the chopping block too as their AD. He's got to go. So he saves his butt by saying, Herm, you got to go. We're not going to fire you. You can mutually agree and we all know. You play to win right. the game. You don't exactly. play to just so play it. <laughs> exactly. You play to win the game. And I think maybe that might, Ray might have said hello just like that when he walked over to him when they were having that conversation. Yeah. I'm telling you, B. They, 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 end zone. Like, let me holler at you, Herm. You, you don't need to go to that locker room. <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing in there for you. We got all your stuff. It's in the box. We'll send it. Walk we'll out send that it. way. And it's, we'll it's send, sitting right we'll there right before the you box, leave. All right, but. We definitely we got to run today, but Skyview in the chat room got a quick question for you. He said, uh, "Fred, is Florida State for real?" Um, to be determined. I need to see need to see it against a real team. We'll see when they when they face Clemson. We'll see, but they look good on defense. Johnny Wilson at receiver, six seven, runs a one good routes. We'll see. All right, we'll tell everybody how they can get at you online. Tell everybody how they can listen to your show. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at FredPurdueCFD. You can catch me also on the College Football Overdrive podcast over at the Debbie Marketplace um, CFB Overdrive on Twitter. Uh, we just actually dropped the latest episode. We dropped some picks and some, some predictions. We talked about those college firings and hiring that may happen. Maybe one Deion Sanders may be hired at. He may leave that AC, that finally leave that ACC. <laughs> Fred went, Fred went right Deion to leave so bad. He, he didn't want to say I told you so, so bad, and Dion holds him up. Fred going to go stab Dion to make him leave. Fred going to go single-handedly raise the crime rate around Jackson State. So Dion can say, I got to get out of here. All right, Fred, we holler at you next week, man. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. No doubt. Fred Purdue, everybody. He wants Dion Sanders out of there so bad. So bad. It's a shame. All right, man. So let's let's get into these uh, hot topics. Um, and, and real quick, uh, actually, I got the stat of the week. It's college football related. Um, yo, peep this list here, B. This is not even really a stat. It's more like a fact. But LSU and Bama, when they played each other in 2019, this is the hype leading up to their game this year, LSU-Bama 2019 featured Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Tua Tungavailoa, Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, and Jalen Waddle, all in the same game. Yo, they just had an NFL pickup game 
<laughs> LSU versus versus uh, Alabama that year. That's crazy. Yo. the amount of talent they had on the field. Yo, all at one time, man. I'd like to point out to the fact that I wasn't too familiar with Najee Harris's body of work, and I had the pleasure of observing that man play football. Yo, he's nice, yo. <laughs> nice. He's nice. All right, we got one more stat of the week, man. This is from the realm of amazing, because we all know what Aaron Judge is doing to the game of Major League Baseball right now. <laughs> he leads the majors in at least seven different I think it's six or seven different offensive categories. They're starting to strategically play around him. So this stat that I'm about to tell you guys about is intentional walks. And the number is 17. 17 intentional walks. That's how many intentional walks Aaron Judge has this season. That's crazy. However, however, 17 intentional walks is how many walks, intentional walks Barry Bonds had in an 11-game span in 2004. <laughs> so this is, this is an example of strategy versus all-out fear. Like, you got to be strategic with Aaron Judge these days because he's looking for the AL home run record as we speak. With Barry Bonds, it was just fear. It was straight-up fear. Like, if we throw something to him, he's going to knock it into space, not out of the park. He's going to knock him into space. We cannot pitch to this dude. Now, I forgot who the Yankees were playing the other night. Somebody did something. This wasn't even just fear. This was this got to the point of disrespect. They intentionally walked Aaron Judge while the while while they while the Yankees had a nine run lead. Like yo, walking Judge me like you're down nine. Like let him hit. Like you're down nine. You're not going to win this game. There's no way you're going to win this game. What are you intentionally walking for? So shout out to Aaron Judge in the season he's having, but it just shows you, like, as much as this whole steroids saga, keep Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame, like, come on, dog. We're, we're <laughs> raving that Aaron Judge got walked 17 times intentionally this season. You know, that was a, a, an 11-game stretch for Barry Bonds in 2004. 11-game stretch out of 182. Like, come on, son. All right. Just want to give a quick shout-out to the WNBA Las Vegas Aces for winning the WNBA championship. Um, you know, shout-out to them. They, they, they definitely are the champions. So uh, let, me, let, me, let me cue this up for them. I, I'm going to be fair. Everybody else gets it when they win it, so I'm going to cue it up for the, for the ladies one time. Shout-out to the Aces. That's all y'all get, though. Peace. Um, <laughs> and that's not personal. That's just because we that's just cause we in a rush tonight. That's not personal. All right, so um, NFL, the past week, week two, anything in particular that um, and and Aaron Judge, speaking of that, he's one home run shy of of tying the um, AL record for home runs. Um, anything stand out to you this week? I mean, Tua. we got the Oilers. Bills that are looking super serious. Tua is on fire, like he just said. There were several comeback wins in the NFL this week where teams looked like they were dead in the water. Uh, Arizona Yo. being one of them. Uh, Skyview, what's up with your Raiders, man? 
Arizona being one of them. Um, who else looked like they were dead in the water and 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 came back to win the game? Dallas. Uh, they didn't. Dallas. I, well, I, I wouldn't have called. I wouldn't have put them in this category, but. And, and there's, like, people were acting like they were dead in the water before the game because they had a backup quarterback playing. But, you know, mm-hmm. I keep saying before Dak got hurt, they really didn't look too great anyway. So they could only get better, you know, even with a backup quarterback. They could only get better from how they played in week one uh, anyway. So I don't, I don't necessarily know about that one, but, you know, I, I give you that one. Um who else was it? It, it? it was it was a few out there where it looked like team was dead dead to rights, and and the comeback was on. Um, but but tell me some things that stood out to you. I'm gonna look for some of those games. Uh, Yo, Cleveland, Cleveland lost the game. Who was Cleveland playing? They uh, were supposed to have won. Cleveland was playing the Giants. Were they playing the Giants? Nah, it wasn't the Giants. Nah. But what did you think about – oh, matter of fact, you said Tua. Miami was one of them against Boston. Yo, Tua. That was probably the best one of the day because I Tua thought, I thought, and Tyreek Hill yo, just went to work, even though Tyreek Hill was still slowing down oh, for the Jaylen people. Waddle was involved in that too. Waddle was involved. <laughs> and and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, they, they they got it in. Like, is yo. is is Miami serious? Is Tua Tungavailoa serious? Do you have them as contenders? Yo, man, content? No, 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 not not contenders. Um, he did show me something, and and folks, I want you to be clear here because your big brother's about to teach you, right? So, as much as I pick on weak armed quarterbacks, it's really just because the joke is low hanging fruit. Like, do you want to have a strong arm as a QB? Of course you do, but there are plenty of strong armed bums, plenty of weak armed Hall of Fame. So it's not a prerequisite to have a strong arm. Tua ain't got a strong arm, but he can nah, be great. Tua, 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 Tua doesn't have a strong arm, just like the guy he replaced in Alabama doesn't have a strong arm. But I, but being being smart as a quarterback, it, it is way more valuable. All of that, like we always talk about, Drew Brees, pretty weak arm. Shoot. Not even on Drew Brees' level, but Chad Pennington was a decent quarterback. Yo, Chad Pennington had no weak arm. arm. Joe Montana didn't have with a no strong arm. arm. I, think out of, you know, I think Peyton Manning's ben, arm was stronger than the people that we just said, but his arm was kind of mid. If theirs is weak, his arm ben, was ben, ben Roethlisberger's arm was nowhere near as strong as it should have been for how big he was. Oh. Yeah, I, I think Ben had a strong arm, though, like compared to the people that we're talking about. But, yeah, you look at – Dude, stature. He should have threw that joint out the stadium. Yo, he um, should. He should have been much stronger armed. Um, but no, getting down to the nitty gritty, man. Yo, Tua really impressed me. And here's the thing: the quarterback on the other side of the ball had a very good game. Yes, sir. Yo, Lamar was balling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lamar. But Baltimore is defense trying to get that. Trying to get that money, which is supposed to be Baltimore. Baltimore's defense has Ray Lewis's victims' ghosts turning over in grace with the way that they was playing, man. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was 
they 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 shouldn't have been they should have been made to walk all the way back from Miami. Walk, <laughs> y'all 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 gotta walk back. Y'all can't get on y'all can't get on the plane. Like Tua, Waddle, and Cheetah went to work on that defense, and going into the fourth quarter, they were still like they were down significantly. Yeah. Yo, Tua oh, went. There was a there was a almost comeback too. Atlanta almost came back. Um, in their game, and the ironic part about it, Atlanta was down twenty-eight to three, like they were up in the Super Bowl twenty-eight to three. So when they started coming back, every, the the announcers kept saying, like, if they come back and win this, does this exercise those ghosts from the Super Bowl? Does it erase the curse? No. And, and then they, you know, all, the whole time they were hyped, they forgot that Marcus Mariota was the quarterback. Yo, and, um, can I yeah. just? I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and get to Jameis. Because whenever Marcus Mariota's name come up, I always skip over him because he a bum and go straight to Jameis. Yo, dog, I think I'm a, I think I'm gonna get off that train, man. You <laughs> gonna hang it up? I, I, I love, <laughs> I, I, I like Jay Boo, man, and I want him to be good. I do. I want him to be great. Take but I look. think he is what he is, man. Yeah. He, he is. Might he a just funny be boy. a middle of the road, decent, non consistent quarterback capable capable of big games that'll fool you but when it's when it's time to when it's time to send brady back to giselle he ain't the guy to do it he ain't the guy and speaking of him i brought him up because of marcus Mariota. i've always thought that he was he was turducken uh and I, my opinion has not changed. I'm not quite sure. I guess they're in a rebuilding year in Atlanta, and Marcus doesn't know that he's trash, so he gives maximum effort. And they let the bull corduroy uh, switch positions and just play whatever he wants on the field, like tight end some, running back, wide out, back. Mm-hmm. Um, halfback, fullback. <laughs> Return to kick on Mariota because he trashed. Mm-hmm. Go play a little wing tee quarterback. Um, and so Mariota gives you his all. He's a good kid. He's honest. He gets a nice haircut. He he's he he keeps he keeps his body clean. Pause. No tattoos. Yo, he's a good he's, kid. But as he's, a quarterback, uh, he's Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Don't do that. No, I'm just saying he's Jalen Hurts, but you know, very likable. Mm-hmm. But very never likeable. like, but he's had the time. He's had the time where it's like, okay, he's he's not what he was supposed to be. Like Jalen no. Hurts still has time to improve, to become and what be Vicky something. wants him but, to be. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, Hurts still has that time. To, to make those improvements and try to become consistent in those improvements. Mariota, yeah, he shows flashes of being decent. He shows you that, okay, I at least belong in this league, probably not as a starter, but I can play in those flashes of being decent. Not good. He shows flashes of being decent, which yeah, means when he's not flashing decent, what is it? He's just, no, he's just normal. He's just like doing nothing to help you besides you know, running a couple times. But yeah, I mean right. you know, he is what he is. I never really believed in him from the from the get go. Like all them Eagles I didn't ready to give up that house for dude. And I was trying to tell them how silly they would be and 
But, you know, that's how they are. You know, they were ready to do the same thing for Geno Smith. I'm like, y'all, this is why, like, everybody want to talk about how the GMs of their favorite team is trash. But, like, look at the people yeah. that they're ready to just bet the house yeah. on. Marcus Gino, Mariota, Geno Smith. Smith. Like, yo. Geno played Gino's, pretty well in that first game Seattle had. He had the had. best game in his life. Black he had 195 yards passing. <laughs> what does that tell you? And what does that tell you? They're sitting here telling you, it's the greatest game Geno Smith has ever played. Buck yo, the black protectionist came out of the woodwork and said Geno was fighting Trumpism. Yo, he came right back down to earth the very next <laughs> Which is why, which is why we shouldn't crown people so early, which yo. brings us to our very own quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who oh, I was proud of. On, on Sunday. I was and pleased I, with. I know deep down you might have been pleased, might have been a little proud yourself. Because this is what people don't realize. Criticism is criticism. Especially when you're talking about your, your own team. Criticism is criticism. And criticism I don't want them is to be We root for this team. Like blood, sweat, and yeah, tears type rooting for, for like 40 years now. So I don't want to be right. Like this is not about being right. It's about just being honest and being objective in the moment. So when he has a game like he had on, on Sunday, we can be objective in that moment and say, yo, that's the best game I've ever seen him play as a passer. But think about as much as we, as much as the hype train has, has hitched to, to him, there's Eagles fans out here telling people they need to apologize and, you know, yo, he's an MVP, yo, the Bulls, yo, the front Bulls runner, still did most of his future Hall of Famer. But oh, listen to God. this. Like, there's still some things that concern me, and I'm not talking about just Jalen because we're talking about Jalen leading that offense. He threw for over 300 yards. Once again, you know, he had one touchdown, one interception. The interception wasn't even his fault. Bounced off the hands of Kenny Gainwell. But this is the part that everybody who's so excited has failed to mention. And I've been waiting until, you know, we got on the air to talk about this. Oh, I got major bars. We scored zero points in the second half. And yeah. I'm not going to sit here because a lot of, you know, a lot of pundits out there are like, well, you know, the game was well in hand by then. But that's not true because Minnesota had a couple of drives where we picked off Kirk Cousins inside the five-yard line. You fit, like so the threat was there. You finish those two drives, you have a whole new ball game. So don't sit here and tell me that the threat wasn't there and the offense didn't need to step up and do their part like they did in the first half. But everybody's so excited from seeing something that they're not used to seeing Go. that we don't even see what happened in the second half. We got zero points in the second half of that game. So okay, I'm gonna that's say good. good. We played against a Minnesota team. Against Kirk Cousins, who I think is a decent quarterback, but who is notorious for not being good under the lights of primetime football. Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, he is notorious for that. Look it up if you don't believe me out there. I'm going to go ahead. Kirk Cousins is notorious for that. That game is at 1 o'clock. It might be a whole different game. And that's what I fear. Bull was was near his bedtime. He don't like to play late at night. Listen, and I'm going to let you rock, but – this is what I fear from week one and week two. Like week one, we stop scoring for a while and let the Lions come back. Week two, we stop scoring, but the defense 
and Big Play Slay, who's NFC Defensive Big Player of the Week, was balling out of their minds, right? As well as we've played, even offensively in the first two weeks, I still have that, that, that fear in the back of my mind that if we get into a shootout situation, we're okay, not we going to be able to keep up. We get a lead, and the defense plays like that, we're good. If we get a lead like we did in Detroit, even if they start coming back, they're probably most likely going to fall short, you know what I'm saying, because we had so, much, so big of a lead. But I fear that in a shootout situation where we are pressurized into scoring points, I'm not – it hasn't been proven to me that we can do that yet. So, you know, so maybe those tests will come. But shout out to Jalen in the game he had, but it's kind of the same thing. His numbers were great, but then you look at the whole picture, he's like, okay, we're raving about this being the best game he's ever played, but there were still some holes there that nobody really wants to talk about, and everybody just wants to, you know, everybody wants to crown people. And we do this too quick because you – last thing, I swear, B, you you know what people like that are doing to this kid? Like I said, I'm rooting for the kid, and I hope he's consistent. They're putting the pressure on him by saying, I told y'all he's this, he's this, he's this, after one game. Now he's not going to be allowed, because you've pissed off so many people, now he's not going to be allowed to have a bad game, which everybody has. Peyton Manning has a game where he wants a season where he throws three or four interceptions. So now when this kid has a bad game, everybody's going to be I told you he was trash, because everybody wants to jump to the most extreme conclusion Week by week, um, nobody wants. Nobody in sports wants to let things happen and let things play out. Listen, everybody that does that, f y'all. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the good. I was pleased with Jalen Hurts reading, reading. He did not like he did not actually, look at one person and tuck and run. He did not. Yo, he actually he went through progressions. In fact, in one. One play, I saw him read through four progressions. I said, "Look at this! That made <laughs> look me at God. Look, look at God." God. Um, the second thing was him being willing to throw in the middle of the field. Now, right, right, and part of that is not. I'm not going to indict Minnesota's defense as being trash. From a talent perspective, right. But we just don't know coaching. because they're, they look they're good coaching? against Green Bay last week. And then, Yo, they're, you know. no, their coaching is putrid. Yeah, that first shell all, first, that they run. First of all, up the you have a running quarterback, so why would you ever ever pivot <laughs> to man, pivot to man, and turn your back? Then number two, that zone you have to switch up the looks and take care of the middle of the field. Like I, I think their defense isn't bad from a talent perspective, but they didn't adjust to what we were doing. Right. Like we were running, we were yo, they were running digs across the center of the field at a ten step, call it seven to ten yard depth, and just and just hit them. Middle of the field. And you also have to give props to the Eagles coaching that day, too. Because of that shell, they ran a lot of stuff that just flat-out fooled the safeties. They just flat-out yeah. fooled the safeties. Yo, like, Harrison, Harrison, Watkins Harrison, caught the 53-yard pass. Harrison he Smith was overrated. wide open. 
because they all went for the move. I think it was Devontae Smith underneath. They all went for that move. Quez was wide open, so it didn't matter if he had to wait for the ball. You know, it was cool. He had to, you know, he had to kind of cock back a little bit. I'm not criticizing. It was a, it was a decent throw. Um, and I think Jalen Hurts was accurate on Sunday. He wasn't. I think he, still wasn't, he wasn't throwing people open. He wasn't leading people. But in the little nah. holes where we were sitting down in the zone, the holes he was in the zone, he was he was accurate. Yo, I where they could catch, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. Running. I'm not being funny, so don't laugh. I do think he's worked on his arm strength too. His arm looked a little stronger. No, I, I, I like some of the throws he threw. See, but I can't really tell if it's a little stronger or if he took the advice that we've been offering all this time: throw the ball earlier. He he Earlier, used to, he yeah. seemed like, and I'm not going to say used to, it's one game. We don't know if he's broken all the bad habits yet. So what he usually does is he, he, he waits to make sure the receiver is wide open before he tries to throw a deep ball. By then, you yeah. don't have the arm strength to get it there. Yo, you have to trust that your receivers are going to get open on some of these plays. So you got to throw yeah. the ball earlier and let them run underneath it. And I think he did a better job of that one. Yeah, he did, yeah. He, so he waited I, a little all, while all on the Quest joint, so I get where you're saying it looked a little stronger because he waited a little looked, while looked, on the Quest joint. looked a little stronger than I, than, I remember, than I remember it being. But all in all, if I had to give him a grade, I'd give him a B plus. Man, he, 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 looked, he, looked, he looked good. I was pleased. I hope to see continued improvement um, to, your, to your point. I don't know whether it was taking the foot off of the gas pedal or Minnesota kind of figured something out. I don't know. But not scoring in the second half is inexcusable. Yeah, but and for me it's like, you know, I, I'm not jumping to a conclusion either way because if it took him 21, 22 professional starts to have that game, then I damn sure am not going to be sold after one game. He has to show consistency yeah. in that manner. And one thing he has done since last season was show slight improvement every game. This game, I think, you know, his improvement looked like it took a jump, but we have to see if it's going to stay, you know, where he ended up jumping to, or is it going to fade yeah. back, which, which is likely in most cases, and it's not a bad thing. But I'm not running around here like, sold! I'm not putting that stamp on it like, you know, like those two draft, those two first round draft picks aren't still in play to trade up and get a franchise quarterback. Yeah, you, you know like what, I'm not you there yet. Else? You give me six or seven more of these, then maybe I can start to believe that. And then we get to the playoffs, win or lose, if you look competent. Because last year in the playoffs, he looked lost. And when you heard the mic'd up Tampa Bay side of the field, like they treated him like hey. he was a bum. Like, oh, he can't read. We got not, him. Like, and I'm damn, not, I just disrespect him. I'm not knocking him and making this statement. I'm not knocking him. But it makes a difference when offensive talent-wise, yo, the Eagles are top five offensively. Like, yeah. talent, talent, they Shoot, top five. Shoot, their How he did his thing. Like, talk a whole Howie, lot of stuff. Yo. How he did it. Like, and all people want to fall back on all the time. We misses in the draft. He actually doesn't miss Yo. in the draft. He misses early in the draft. He misses on first <laughs> rounders yeah. in the draft. Yo, fam. People not realizing Yo, how many 
of his draft picks are a part of the core of this team now. I, I, because fans all, are just been so, a Howie, it's about the spectacular been a Howie, first round pick. I've been a Howie fan for a while. I allowed myself to 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 criticize because you got to criticize. I, I mean, you got to criticize. How we ain't above it. But but overall, overall, yo, I'm I'm thankful for two things, maybe even three. I'm thankful for Big Red. I'm thankful for Andy. I know all of his weaknesses, but I'm thankful for the time that he shared in, in Philly, man. I'm happy, and I'm thankful for Howie Roseman, man. I'm thankful. Like, we don't win that Super Bowl without Howie, man. Howie oh, no. is a hell of a genius. No, that's not, when not they first gave him the keys. We were, tra- we were 4 and 12, whatever, 4 and whatever before they gave him the keys. When they and, disrespected and, him when Chip Kelly was in town. They allowed Howie, Howie allowed his, to put his gonads on the, on the, and they beat him with a hammer called Chip Kelly. And then he, he came back, because if I was in his position, I'd have left. I guess he didn't want to leave because they left, they left his salary intact. He was still making a million or so a year. But he came back and built a Super Bowl winning team. Like, yo, I, I, I respect the heck out of Howie, man. Okay. I respect and like I said, like, fans are so, like, they're so for the spectacular. It's like, it's, it's silly. It's like, damn, do y'all look at anything past the first round of the draft? Because a lot of the, like, and, you know, we do this for a living. And I, I'm not the dude. I'm not going to sit there you know, three days in a row, all day, and watch watching the NFL draft. A lot of these fans do this and obviously have and a, have a damn clue of what they're watching. Because everything that happened after the first night, that's all they talk about. This dude could build a whole I, core I, from picks, you know, rounds two through seven, free agency and trades. Win you your first Super Bowl ever. <laughs> Come back, then, make a bomb then, squad around a, a, a mediocre quarterback, and people still talking about Justin Jefferson and 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 uh, the boy out in Seattle, like little, little stuff like that. But what have they won? Hey, hey man. What hey have man. they won? Let's what get, Super Bowl teams have they been let's on? The let's get to the man of the hour, man. Enough with these bums. Enough with that bum-ass quarterback is looking a lot better. Big play, play. Big play. We no. ain't got that much time. Big play was out there balling. Yeah, no, big, big play was out there balling and dropping interceptions. And just like his wife said, said, just like his wife said on Twitter, when I when this man get home, I'm gonna fight him because he should have had like four of them things. That's what she said. Yo, he four of them things. Oh, he should have definitely because Kirk Kirk must have you know he he mistaked him for for Adam Thielen or Kirk need Kirk Justin need Jefferson or somebody. He, but no, nah, big play play put the locks on Justin Jefferson. I noticed something. I don't get it. Like I said, we only got we don't have that much time left. But good. I noticed something like in watching that because okay, you know I watch I watch Justin Jefferson plenty. But when you when he's playing against your team and you're watching the game from a more analytic standpoint or analytical standpoint, I notice. Justin Jefferson is not the greatest router out there. He's no, a little he's bit a sloppy in his route. Do you see his hands? Like when he changes directions, his hands are like all over the place. And I'm sitting here like, damn, how is he destroying the league like this? You know, it's not like he's, you know, a giant Megatron or T.O. or anybody like that. So it's not his physicality. So I'm like, he's doing something to get open. So whatever he's doing route-wise, it's working. But when you really look at it from a technical standpoint, 
and you get a, a, a true shutdown type cornerback on them that's going to make them work, yo, go back and look at some of them. When you see the, the, the all 22 or you just see some highlights from the game, just check out his routing and just look when he changes directions. Look at his hands. His hands are like flailing all over the place. And I'm like, damn, I kind of expected more from dude. Like dude is somebody that people are picking to be in the MVP race, and he probably will be. Offensive player of the year type dude. But, yeah, there's some flaws there. So I'm sitting here like it's not it's not probably learned skills. It must be something natural with dude that's just, that's, that makes him that tough. Hey, let's do a quick pick six, B, because we got a couple things to talk about. We're on the grind. We're going to try to get to these calls. These calls, I'm not playing with y'all tonight. These calls got to be like a minute, for real, because we got to go. Um, pick six real quick. Uh, so y'all know what it is. We picked the, the six games that we feel are the biggest games in the sports this week. Bills versus Dolphins. Dolphins, after that, you know, that comeback, they look to be on fire now. A lot of pundits are saying they might be contenders, but the Bills look downright damn scary. Bills are going into Miami for this game. Who you got? Bills. I got the Bills as well, and I like what I saw from the Dolphins, but I think the Bills are in a situation where I think they're the best team in the NFL, so it's kind of like can't see myself picking against the Bills until they actually lose, and I see what their weaknesses are. You know what I'm saying? So I, I got yeah. the Bills as well. Um, Lions at Vikings. This has become kind of an intriguing matchup. One-on-one uh, teams uh, going at it. The Lions look pretty good even in both of you know even in their loss they look pretty good the vikings look good beating the packers didn't look so good playing the eagles lions are going to minnesota though who you got in this one uh give me those teams again lions at vikings vikings and to help you and to help you make your decision it's a one o'clock game it's a one o'clock game vikings yeah, I'm going to go Vikings as well. As well. It's 1 o'clock. That means um, um, Kirk Cousins fuck, mess around and get 400 score. yards. In this <laughs> he going to get 400. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and all them boys going get, to get get off. Irv Smith. Um, uh, Vikings for me as well. Rams at Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Rams. They haven't looked great thus far, but I don't really believe in the Cardinals. They had a nice comeback. I'm still not sold on that. I don't think they're as good a team as the Rams. I got the Rams going into Arizona and winning that game. Damn. Same for you? Hey. Oh, yeah. Hey. I'm, going, like mine. I'm going Rams. Never, That's never why I pick first. I'll let you pick harder. first on the first two. <laughs> I'm like, let me, get, let me get one in here. All right, this one might not be easy for you. Packers at Buccaneers. Packers. I got the Packers as well. We know Damn. that uh, – um, we know that Tom Brady is missing a ton of weapons. Chris Godwin is still out with the hamstring. Mike Evans got suspended for being Mike Evans uh, last Sunday, being real extra and unnecessary. Um, uh, they got anybody coming back? Julio Jones, I'm not sure what his status is for this week. But, yeah, you know, they're missing a, a ton of weapons. And they were one of the teams that, you know, were able to pull out a, a game later against the Saints. But – when you got a week to prepare for some of his targets that aren't even supposed to be out there with him on the field and with how the offensive line is playing, um, I think the Packers can, can go in the group to Tampa Bay and take this as well. Um, who else we got? We got the 49ers 
Trey Lance is done for the season, and the Broncos. Niners. <laughs> uh, Russell Russell Wilson looked like he's done for the season, but he's still healthy. Who you got? Yeah, Russ. Russ. In Russ, I do not trust. So I'm going. Uh, I'm going Niners. They're gonna respond, to Jimmy. <laughs> even though I got. Though, Joe, it should have been stat of the week, but I'll try to find it for next week. Jimmy G get like crazy incentives for you know games started this season and games won. Like he gets crazy incentives. Um, it's in the chat if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's in the World of Sports Game Time. So check that out. So Jimmy might be a rich man if they win some games. Um, I'm gonna go to 49 as well. And the last one is the Monday Night Tilt: Cowboys at Giants. Um, still no Dak. They might get Michael Gallup back uh, for Cooper Rush uh, to, to oh, throw to. Who you got? Well, they got Michael Gallup. <laughs> He's supposed to be back. He might be back for Monday. So, so what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Giants, got? man. G-Man. G-Man. All right. I'm, I'm going Cowboys, but even though the Giants are undefeated, I'm rooting for the Giants because I feel less of a threat from the Giants as an Eagles fan. So let them, you know, go 3 and 0. They'll mess it up at some point. Um and none of their games, none of their wins have looked uh especially impressive, which could be a good thing in the in the in the long run, showing that you can win a tough game, but they haven't really played anybody that you can make that assessment from. Um we got to get this in real quick. Uh, callers, we might get to y'all. We might not. Uh, while y'all were on the grind, of course, is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business need a custom website, well, for a dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And yes, financing options are available. So visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. And for discounted rates, be sure to tell them War Room Sports sent you. Call us. Try to stick around because we're going to try to get to y'all last right before we roll out. Um, the big story that, that, you know, of the week, really of the day, your man Ime Udoka, Udoka, head coach Mr. of the Dio. Boston Celtics. Um, let me get the language correct. Let me get the language correct. He is likely facing a one-year suspension for, get this, an improper relationship with a staffer. They say he's not going to resign, but he had an improper relationship with a staffer. Now, we know, because you know, a lot of people out there was trying to play the card on this one, but we do know that a lot of organizations, a lot of private companies – have these type of rules where you're not supposed to fraternize at work. And a lot of people was like, well, what about, you know, a lot of people meet their spouse at work. Yeah, it happens, but, you know, some organizations don't allow for that. Now, in this case, there was a big rumor that it was Allison Feaster, former WNBA player, who's, uh, uh, she's, she's something. She has some title in the Boston Celtics organization. And, the rumors were that it was her that he was having an affair with. But then some stuff came out later, and right now I think we're just basically going on rumors because different things are coming out every hour where somebody's saying the woman that he was dealing with was the wife of 
one of uh, one of the SVPs at the organization, which would make more sense because what I'm thinking about, like, okay, even if this did happen, even if the Celtics are taking some kind of disciplinary action for it, like a year for something like that, and then secondly, why was it publicized? Like, why why have we, you know, why do we why have we been able to talk about this all day? This seems like something that they would pretty much keep under wraps and, and find a reason to say that, you know, we're suspending Udoka for a couple of games for conduct detrimental to the organization, but you're facing a year? Come on, that sounds like you smashed the owner's wife or something. A year? <laughs> if not, you know, just all out getting fired. So what were your thoughts when you when you first, you know, heard this whole thing? Mr. Nia? <laughs> Mr. Nia. That's that's what I don't understand too, B. The, the, all of these, I've heard it so many times today. I've heard so many dudes say, "Yo, like, what is wrong with you? Why do you how you cheat on Nia Long?" And then when they thought it was Allison Feaster, like, and and how do you cheat on Nia Long with that? But I'm like, yo, you can tell when dudes have options and dudes don't because I've been trying to school people all day. Like, yo, a dude with options is going to you know, if he's going to do something, he's going to exercise those options, whether he has a dime at home or, or like or like my man Mario said, a dime plus 99 at home. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we've seen Holly Berry get cheated on how many times? Like, yeah, like, because Nia Long looks the way she does, because we feel about her the way we do, that doesn't mean... And I'm not going to blame... I'm not going to blame the victim, because she is a victim in this... But that doesn't necessarily mean she's fully fulfilling my man's needs at home. She is an actress. She might be gone long periods at a time shooting things. But I'm I'm not going to blame the victim because dude still he chose to do things. what he did. And it looked like whatever staffer this was, you know, when, when, when the Celtics was on the road, you know, them hotel rooms get a little lonely. I guess he saw a couple of them walking past his room and they started to look good to him, whether they did or not. <laughs> but but I, I I don't understand that sentiment, B. How are you gonna cheat on me alone? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't either. Yeah, because if you're gonna that's cheat, that, you're gonna cheat on anybody. Don't. It don't matter if it's me alone. That's people that just that's people that just saying something to be to say it. Because men men we know male we know male nature, so you know okay. what's up. Like, come on, right. Bro. Because like, I don't want to say too much. I want to be on this joint being a Steve Harvey. And I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that me and B. Austin are men with options. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying men with options, options are going to do options. what they're going to do regardless of what they got sitting at home. Like, if people say that, I would I would guess nine times out of ten when, when dudes be cheating, the person probably don't look better than their wife. But, that, but it's not about that. Like, I'm going to go... I'm going to do something that's worth it. People people keep saying that, like, so she was worth, you know, risking Nia. I'm like, dog, if, if she looked 20 times better than Nia, that's your wife. She's not worth the risk either. Like, so looks don't make something worth it. If dude's going to do it, dude's going to do it. So, I, you know, but, but a year, B, how do you, what does this do for the Celtics and their chances? Like how much of what they did last season was, was coaching? Um, Can he just be replaced like that easily? 
or is that team I just thought a lot of it was coach. I thought a lot of it was coaching, particularly the defensive. The defense right. and the attitude uh, definitely came from him because he doesn't approach the game particularly defensively with a light skin attitude. Right. Um, they didn't even definitely, they didn't even turn it around till like January. But I, I I didn't think they were going back to the level they made it to, which is the finals with him. So right. I definitely don't believe they're going back without. Him. Right. But I didn't because they, they probably because they probably weren't going to make it back anyway. So right. you know, it's it's kind of a Martin win win for him because he gets to say, yeah, they weren't as good without me. You know what I'm saying? But this is this is just crazy. Do you know there has to be things in the situation that haven't been brought to light yet because a year just seems excessive. And this is not an NBA fine. This is your team that you work for that you just took to the NBA finals. This is your organization suspending you for a year. This is not Ron Artest <laughs> inciting a riot, an indoor riot at the palace and getting, you know, a right. year or so from the commissioner. This is from the organization itself. So somebody's wife, somebody's wife got, you know, got, got splacked. Got in, got Either in that tangle. or they're just trying to be the moral police because they don't want um, uh, Nia Long's 1.1 million Twitter followers to start bad-mouthing and canceling the team. I don't know. They're trying to be the moral police, trying somebody, to get on her side or something. Somebody got entangled. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was an entanglement. All right, well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that because there's more than meets the eye. You know, this story going to transform. Oh, don't even ask how. Bars. Bars! Um, your man Ben Simmons finally speaks. He was on J.J. Reddick's podcast, The Old okay. Man and the Three. Um, they had a nice sit down. I, I, I encourage you, B, to watch this. Like, I've never seen dude be so candid. I've never seen dude talk this much. Um not even going to hold you, a lot of stuff he said made sense. He's still tripling down on this mental health thing. He did a lot of tooting of his own horn, but J.J. JJ shot him a lot of bail with some of his questions. Like, he led him to some of the answers to kind of let him know what he could be comfortable saying. Um, so he made him real comfortable in tooting his own horn, like basically talking about how people – focus in so bad on your one weakness that they tend to forget everything else you bring to the game. You know, I've always agreed with that as far as Ben Simmons is concerned. Um, But there was a lot of stuff that he said, mainly about all the stories that kept coming out last season, that if true, they all made him look worse. He was talking about how, you know, all of that stuff is pretty much just made up. Like, people just make something new up every day and report it, and everybody believes it. A lot of the stuff that he talked about then, I kind of believed it, because some of the stuff was so outlandish. I'm like, yo, one dude can't be this big of a man. You know what I'm saying? So, so but I encourage you to, to whoever hasn't uh, listened to it, I definitely encourage you to listen to it. You might get a, a little bit of a different perspective from it. Um, the thing J.J. did press him about, B, was he kept trying to press him about Game 7. He was trying to get his take on, you know, what happened there. I don't think he ever got great material on that. But he was open. He he spoke. And that's something we haven't heard do do, do for over a year now. And that's what I was wondering. Um, but he was pretty much, you know, being the anti 
Kevin Durant because he was just letting all of this stuff come out, letting his image get worse, but he wasn't jumping out to defend himself. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's what had everybody question it. That's what had everybody pretty much believe in it. But but take a listen to it. So, you know, since you didn't hear it yet and since Jim's not on, we'll we'll all reconvene. I don't think Jimmy's heard it either, but Jimmy is like, he can't stand ball to the point that he don't want to listen to it. But he'll listen to it for the show. Y'all just 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 go go listen to it so we can talk about it. But it was it was definitely interesting, man. It was it was interesting. Um what else we got? Your man Imani Bates <laughs> was arrested. Um <laughs> like does any of that surprise you? I mean we call we we call Ball the uh he's like the angry ball. Angry um, Ball, angry ball, angry for real. But he was arrested after a gun was found in the car that he was driving. So it was about two miles from the Eastern uh, Michigan campus. <laughs> they, 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 they initiated a traffic stop, and the vehicle failed to stop. And then, you know, once they stopped and searched him, he was charged with carrying a concealed weapon, weapon and altering ID marks on a firearm. So he was scratching out some of the cereals and, and stuff like that. So that might be a little more serious than, you know, you just reading that story like, oh, Angry Boy got a gun charge. I'm not surprised. You start scratching out the cereals, and they're going to dig deeper into where that gun came from, who you got that gun from, what you've done with the gun. So, you know, Monty Bates, <laughs> dog, <laughs> like, come on, man. You were supposed to be that one. You are supposed to be the one. Um, just an update from two stories that we, we, we talked about last week. Uh, Robert Sarver for the, uh, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Remember, he was supposed you know, get his little year suspension, stand his ground, and the NBA wasn't going to take the team from him, which still isn't true. But the pressure has come down to the point where um, there's been reports that he started to initiate um, a sale of the Phoenix Suns. And I just wanted to bring Brett Favre back up just because I don't think Brett Favre is getting the media attention that he deserves. So we're going to give him some more. Um, He's a piece of trash (laughs) stealing money from the welfare system in the poorest state in, in America. Um, We just got to highlight that because Mike, Mike Vick fought some dogs and he was public enemy number one for at least a year and a half. Um, so, Brett Favre, you're going to get this smoke, even if it's only from the black community. You're going to get this smoke. We're going to bring it up this week, probably next week, probably the week after, and we're going to keep trashing. You got a bar for Brett Favre before we – you got a bar for Brett Favre before we, you know, <laughs> we take um, these two one-minute calls and roll out? Man, listen, as far as Brett is concerned, again, I think, you know, I, I and you too, you were, you were a fan of him as a player. I, am. I was a fan of him player but Jimmy wasn't again it, it goes to kind of what we talk about when when we talk about even hero like hero worship man like right. these these human beings these people are humans number Never one meet your hero just, just because they're good or great at their particular craft doesn't mean they're good people man like he's a he's a piece of feces yeah because it's not just it's not just this, like he's done this times that we know of with the welfare funds. He's got, he's texting a uh, young lady. Yo, yo, he's a piece of trash, man. 
Yeah, and, and shout out to Skyview in the chat room. He said Ben Simmons was comfortable talking with J.J., and that's, that's exactly what I got from it. They were two ex-teammates who seemingly probably got along well while they were teammates, so it was easy for him to talk to J.J. J.J. wasn't going to press him on anything difficult because I, what I wanted him to ask him about, I wanted to ask him, I wanted him to press him on the Joel Embiid angle, on, on that relationship, and he didn't do that. He gave him an opportunity where he did bring up Doc and how he don't, you know, Doc, he don't think Doc did anything to help him when he seemed to be calling out for help with his mental health issues. And, and Doc kind of exacerbated things by, you know, the way he treated him when he came to those couple of practices and Doc kicked him out and all that kind of stuff. Just listen to it. Just listen to it. I'm not, you know, I'm not copping please for the ball. I'm just, I'm copping please for y'all to listen to some good content so we can talk about it and give our honest opinion on it without me just, you know, dictating what happened. Um, yo, we're not going to be able to get to these calls, y'all. We are sorry. Um, Next week won't be such a rush, but, you know, we got to do some things in, in just a few minutes, so we are going to have to get out of here in a minute. Um, but before we do, I'm um, going to let y'all know what happened this date in sports history, which is brought to you by Sports the Book. Y'all know what it is, sports. It's an acronym. Smart people only read the sports. So we want y'all to be smart people and pick up a copy of Jimmy the Blueprint's book. Uh, you can get that at warroomsports.com sportsthebook.com and amazon.com just make sure you get your copy yo speaking of something piggybacking off of something that we talked about earlier with barry bonds in that 2004 season september 22nd 2004 giants outfielder barry bonds was intentionally walked four times in a nine inning game which was an mlb record but this was the second time that happened in 2004. It also happened May 1st, 2004. He was intentionally walked four times, B. Yo, there's not a lot of games where players get four at-bats. This dude got four yeah. at-bats in the game, and they intentionally walked him every time Let because of their fear there. of him launching something into space. All right? So we're going to get up out of here, man. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our group chat. All the callers who called in and wasn't able to chop it up with us, we apologize. We will get with y'all next week. So tune in next week, live right here or on demand as we catch you up on the most important sports, entertainment, and life stories of the week. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week and your weekend. Stay safe in these streets, and we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, Make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com, warroomsports.com, or amazon.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. Y'all know what it is. We'll see you chumps on top. Get that mobile app. It's not down. Call it 323 working double O T.
sensitive, then oh well. Physical podcast, a tough push. Showtime like magic in the block push. Listen live, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip-hop dollars, tip-stop knowledge. Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Fortress, secret, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a chief flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours, get your game up. Who's the best in sports cast? You better name us. War Room Sports. War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.